Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Welcome back to the latest edition of Mile High Report Radio, uh, MHR Radio Podcast. Adam Almighty, Ian St. Clair. Not a special edition, although, uh, Ian, we did think about doing a special edition podcast after some of the news that came out last week with the Denver Broncos, and uh, we decided against it. Well, in seriousness, because there wasn't anything that was going to change over the course of the time that we were going to do the special recording to the time that we're now doing it, but it was also because... Was there really a need to do a special podcast? I mean, it's not like they got Peyton Manning. Right. Well, according to Elvis Doomerville, right? That was one of the things I was on with uh, with Brian and, and Steve on First and Ten at 10 um, on Friday, which uh, was, was kind of right after the Broncos acquired Joe Flacco. If you haven't figured out by now what we're talking about, we're talking about the acquisition of Joe Flacco. And before I came on, they were, they were talking about Elvis Doomerville – saying to the world, I guess, that Joe Flacco's not Peyton Manning, as if that was necessary. I, I You know, thanks, Elvis. I, I, maybe you should have stayed out of the building. You shouldn't have come back in. It's fine. 
maybe you shouldn't have used a fax machine. <laughs> I mean, it was the 20th century, 21st century at the time. Even the 20th century, you still could have not faxed it in. I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> My question is, is, does he still you a pager? Maybe he, yeah, like, do you get, he's got to be rocking the old school pager too. The, like the big ones that were like a, kind of like a brick and it, you could almost, you could, you could hit somebody with it. They were, they were there for protection. So always a good thing to have, but it's funny because I think, let me just, can I just give you my impression of sort of the way this has gone in, in this whole Joe Flacco trade, because I'd, I'd love to hear your take on it, obviously, but I just, my impression of it is that most fans are kind of like I was, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here. And I said this with, uh, you know, first and 10, and I, I, I said it in Slack. The first thing I said, in fact, the first thing I did was type the, the letters Y-U-C-K, yuck, into Slack, because that's where I saw it first. That was my initial reaction to the trade for Joe Flacco. Do you think that that is maybe the... That's the the typical reaction of Broncos country when they first saw that news. I think it, I think it's fair to say that. I, I don't know if it was the majority response, but I, I think that that it's fair to say that in some form or another that was the response that Broncos fans elicited when they they saw that Elway was going to make that trade, which can't be completed until the league year opens on March thirteenth. So it's not actually done, which is which is fine. But then I think I, let, let, let me get your take on this. Do you think most people have sort of t- come to the other side of it and started to evaluate it a little deeper? And maybe they don't like it, but they've come to accept it a little bit more. I think so, I, because I think that's what fans do. They they get the initial emotional response. Either they they hate it or they really, really hate it. But then once they have some time to calm down and cool off, they can have a level head and try to to make sense of it. And I think that's what in anything in life, when you get emotional, it limits your ability to have a rational thought. And the way I have viewed it, from the second I saw it was I can see it. I can see it on multiple levels. I can see why it makes sense. And it has nothing to do with his play on the field. It's obvious that John Elway and Vic Fangio and Rich Scangarello saw fit. They wanted to get a better fit. Joe Flacco is a better fit. And the way you can see that is Rich Scangarello runs a form of a Gary Kubiak offense. And Joe Flacco's most successful season the last five years came with Gary Kubiak as his offensive coordinator. So you you get it from that sense. You get it from the sense that Case Keenum wasn't a fit. And then in terms of play on the field, There are things that Joe Flacco does that Case Keenum just isn't capable of doing. And being able to test the field and make all the throws is one of them. And Joe Flacco can do that. When you look at the way Case Keenum played, the biggest thing that happened over the course of the year is once Philip Lindsay was unleashed, what did defenses start to do? 
they started to load the box. They, they realized we're not going to let Philip Lindsay beat us because no matter what, Case Keenum's not going to throw it more than three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. And the times that he does do it, it's going to be a horrible throw. It is going to get intercepted or it's going to be so far off that it's not even close. Joe Flacco has the ability to do that. So it makes sense from that regard. So it's going to help Philip Lindsay be better. It's going to help the run game be better. And then you get the salary cap implications. Then you get the draft implications. And both of those, if Case Keenum is traded, the cap hit right now is $21 million for Case Keenum. If he's traded, it's $3 million. So it's basically the cap hit of Kate, of Joe Flacco. I think $3 million really isn't that big of a deal. And then in terms of the draft, you're no longer forced to trade up if you want to get Drew Locke. You're no longer pigeonholed into having to trade up if someone else moves in front of you to get Drew Locke or another quarterback. You don't have to do it now. You can stand pat at 10 and get Devin White, who is – I think this drafts Roquan Smith. Ooh, don't do don't do that. That's not fair. So now I got to go look at tape of Devin White and start making my comparisons. But I, I think you make a really good point, and and that's the that's the side that I want to I want to look at when we when we look at this trade when when fans evaluate it when when you know we we take a look at what Elway's doing. I really don't think this is about play on the field because if if Case Keenum's contract had been for another year, if it had been three years instead of two years, I almost feel like the Broncos would have they, they would have stood pat. Is it stood pat? Does that work? I don't know. They wouldn't have moved, right? Because the idea here is I think they're looking to get that freedom in the draft. I, I think that this, that is the point that you've made. That's the point that, that I sort of uh, have been coming to. I think a lot of fans are getting to. This draft is not quarterback heavy. That doesn't mean that they're not in love with Drew Locke and they're not going to draft him. But what it means is, just like you said, they don't have to trade up. They don't have to force it. They don't have to do anything that they don't want to do in regards to the players that they want to take. They can sit at 10, and what falls to them is what falls to them. And then at that point, they can take best player available. And hopefully what they do is is that. Because the next draft... And then the draft after that are the two drafts that I think that the Broncos want to target. And the model that I think they might be looking at, and I know this is going to sound crazy, folks, but um, May said this on our show, uh, was it the last time or maybe the time before that he was on? The model that they may be looking at and using is, is the model of the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills went to the playoffs a few years ago, and then fell off and ended up with the the number which what pick were, were they the, the the eight pick six pick I don't remember and they, were, they were 12 12 that's what it was and they were able to get Josh Allen who they clearly liked and they got their quarterback of the future they made the playoffs one year prior to that not obviously the season directly prior to that but there's there's that sense of re rebuilding in a way that isn't really rebuilding and I think that's the model that John Elway and, and the, the front office is going to look at. There are quarterbacks available in next year's draft, and the year and the year after, there is 
a, a quarterback that seems to be a can't miss prospect in Trevor Lawrence that maybe they, you know, if, am I allowed to dream a little here? Uh, maybe they fall into that, but they, they are no longer pigeonholed, right? If Case Keenum is the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos next year, or if he's still on the roster and they don't have that extra year of contract, they have to take a quarterback this year. They have to fill that hole because there's no way they're keeping Case Keenum past next year. Joe Flacco on the roster with that extra year on his contract, the freedom is there to wait a year if they want to, to pick a quarterback like a Tua, who I know you're pretty high on, Tua Tagovailoa. I'll learn how to say it someday. Tagovailoa. Uh, sure. Whatever you said is fine. It's, I'm not, doesn't, you know, Tua. Let's just go with Tua. And then, and then maybe, maybe you hold out for his brother. Cause didn't I hear his brother supposed to be better than him? I <laughs> the other reason that it, in terms of the salary cap, not just Case Keenum, because as you said, Case Keenum's contract is up after this year. There's actually two years left on Joe Flacco's deal after this year, and they're both zero dead money. Zero. There is no dead money, no guaranteed money after this year. So if Joe Flacco doesn't perform, they can just release him and be done with it. But if he does, they pick it up. There's still no guaranteed money, no dead money. So it gives them incredible cap flexibility after this season. And it puts the onus on Joe Flacco to perform. And when he's been in an offense like the one he's going to be in with Rich Scangarello, he played pretty well. Yeah, pretty good. He had a pretty good year. And in terms of statistics and on play on the field, Joe Flacco holds the NFL record for most win, most playoff wins on the road with seven. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are, I believe, 25 and three or something like that at home in the playoffs. Something like that, yeah. Joe Flacco has two of the wins and was a drop or a defensive stop away from getting a third in that AFC Divisional Playoff game That's in 2014. Right. So if you get weapons around him, if you – and I I think Cortland Sutton with Joe Flacco, I mentioned this a couple of months ago. You did, actually. we were talking about potential of quarterbacks and Joe Flacco being an option. I said the idea of Joe Flacco chucking it up to Cortland Sutton, that should get Broncos fans excited because Cortland Sutton – is a hell of a 50-50 receiver. He's either going to get it or he's going to get a pass interference. And now you have a quarterback who chucks and prays. That's what he does. Yeah. He's going to test the field. And you have it with Deshaun Hamilton. I would, I, I, I want to see Deshaun Hamilton with a Joe Flacco and Tim Patrick. So there are reasons to be excited about this, especially now with Mike Munchak as the offensive line coach. And what do they do with right tackle? And I think uh, Jawan James, I believe that's how you say his name, yes. with the Miami Dolphins is a free agent. There's a, a deep tight end class in terms of the draft that's what where they said. can get somebody. So if you can get some guys around him, and one of the, the things that Jeffrey Estry has pointed out is that the Ravens haven't really done – a good job at all of getting 
getting him good weapons. I mean, perhaps the best receiver that he's thrown to over the course of his career in Baltimore is Steve Smith. Oh, I think without question, it's Steve Smith. I, I mean, it Steve, still is Steve, Steve still Smith is. right now. He, yeah, right now, Steve Smith could could step out on the field for the Baltimore Ravens and be the best receiver on the field. I mean, Steve Smith was Steve Smith's a, a potential Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's he's very, very good, very talented. Um, and I just I just like all of his trash talk as well. It's hilarious. So um, I think I think you're right. You know, it's interesting, though. One of the things that that people want to make the comparison, well, well, this, you know, the the Doomerville, this is no Peyton Manning. Well, of course, it's not a Peyton Manning, and I, I think that it's important to note, you know, as fans, we're going to drink the Kool Aid a little bit, and you know, that's fine. I, I I'm I'm fine with that, but there there are players that you can put them out there with anybody, and they're going to make anybody better, and that's what Peyton Manning was. It didn't matter who was on the field. He was going to make them better. And then there are players, I think, like Joe Flacco, who are good, but they need good talent around them, like you've said. And so the complaints of, well, he's been bad the last few years, I think are mitigated by that because of the talent that's been around him. But I also think, and this is something that uh, I, I'm sure that there are some fans out there that will will agree with this statement, and there are some who are going to say, I oh, know I would never do that. Part of the animosity that goes towards Joe Flacco, if you're a Denver Broncos fan, has nothing to do with him coming to the Denver Broncos and everything to do with something that he did against the Denver Broncos, against what what I think was the best team, regular season team in Broncos history, aside from the 98 Broncos. And I I think that there are some fans out there that will, you know, the, the, that, that season... <laughs> You, you know, that 2012 season was so close to, to greatness. That would have been a team that went down in history as one for the ages. And as it is, it's lost to the annals of time because of one chuck and pray play and some kneeling with 30 seconds to go. We haven't done an ode to John Fox in years. It's because we've had Vance Joseph. Made it easy to 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 wish we had John Fox back. <laughs> the thing that I the stance that I've been taking from the radio appearances that I've done to to Twitter to our Slack is that I, there's just not enough information for me to know one way or the other whether or not I like this, and I think that's the whole basis. I think this is the first move. It's the first piece of the puzzle let's see what the other pieces john elway decides to add to this puzzle for it to come together for it to make sense he added the first couple with vic fangio and rich scangarello and mike munchak he may have done that with joe flacco but let's see what they do now in terms of free agency in the draft because that will be the key as to whether or not this is going to work or not the reason that it makes sense to me is the things that I already said earlier in the show about the cap flexibility, the draft flexibility, the schematic fit. It's clear that Fangio and Scangarello saw something and they saw the player. So Elway went and got him. It makes sense in all of those regards. Now, whether or not it actually benefits the team and gets them out of this funk, only time will be able to tell that and the moves that they make 
in a couple of weeks when free agency starts. And whether or not they make any big moves, I think they will, because I think the other thing that this move for Joe Flacco does it shows that John Elway and Vic Fangio still think they can compete. Well, and that's the key, right? This is this has been sort of the Elway mantra from the very beginning. It's not about a rebuild. He he refuses to use the word rebuild because he I mean, and he actually had a really good comment about it a few weeks ago, and I wish I could um I'm not gonna be able to directly quote him, but essentially what he said was if we call it a rebuild, it, it means that we're tearing everything down. And, and everything that we do in the next year is, is pointless or is, you know, it just is a it's it's like we're giving up. And he said, and I just I won't do that. That's not how I do things. That's not how we operate here. We're not going to call it a rebuild because it's it's not what we want to do. What we want it to be is simply a retooling and a refining of of the team that we have and what we're trying to do. And it actually sort of takes us into a, an interesting conversation Uh Chris Hart is going to have a, an article come out uh, about some of the things that the Broncos are going to do in the free agency period. And I, I think these are some great questions and you and I have uh, addressed them uh, and you know, we'll have our answers will be in that article as, as well, but it's not a bad idea to sort of talk about it because you know, the first thing that he asked was what are the, what are the Broncos biggest needs to address in free agency? And I feel like there was actually a fair amount of consensus in you know what the the guys at Mile High Report and the girls doc um, think when it comes to uh, free agency. I think the biggest need is middle linebacker. That's been the biggest need since Al Wilson left the Broncos, That's right? Because even when they had Danny Trevathan, and then when they brought on Brandon Marshall, the two of them, even in the Super Bowl year, there really wasn't a dominant elite middle linebacker. And I think that, to me, is the number one priority, followed by safety, getting a starting strong safety and then a right tackle. Because in terms of free agency, for me, when you look at the way John Elway has always approached free agency, it's to fill holes so that he doesn't have to do it then in the draft. And that's not to say that cornerback isn't an issue, because it is, and tight end isn't an issue, because it is. But when you look at the free agent class for cornerbacks and tight ends, it's not very strong. And there is a name in terms of cornerback that I, I that we can mention later. But to me, the other the other question that Hart mentions is players, because I think you would agree that those positions are, are the ones that Elway should. Oh, I I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll take middle linebackers and, and corner for a thousand, Alex. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's to me. You're right. It's middle linebacker. I think corner is is a need. Um, you know, obviously tight end, obviously right tackle. I, I think that you've said everything that everybody else is is going to say when it comes to what are what are the Broncos need to, for me. And this is has been my opinion ever since I saw Roquan Smith. My opinion is the Broncos have to acquire or draft or find that middle linebacker. And and it's one of those things that I think Fangio, Vic Fangio is, um, his defenses are predicated on having a, a really good middle linebacker. And, you know, I think that that's where my focus would be. Um, the, you know, you've mentioned a name in, in free agency that, 
that I would love to see the Broncos take a run at, but I don't think he'll, I don't think he's going to be out there in C.J. Mosley. I will I will bang the table for C.J. Mosley until he is tagged or signed. Which I th- because I th- if he's not, the Broncos have to make him the number one target. Well, I agree. C.J. Mosley in a Vic Fangio defense is it sounds an great. amazing thought it sounds great but i'm gonna dump water on that fire because i just i don't think that the ravens are stupid enough to not tag him i mean they're gonna tag him and then at that point i think he's out of the question for the broncos is that i mean that's that to me is sort of the, the killer for them on that and it's if there if that does happen there is a plan a1 in terms of quan alexander with the tampa bay buccaneers and there is a concern, as Scotty wrote in his story, he's been going through potential free agent targets for the Broncos. His one on Monday was, was either Monday or Tuesday, was Quan Alexander. And he is coming off an ACL injury, but he is only 26. He is a tackling machine. So if C.J. Mosley does get tagged, then Alexander is a potential option. You know, and it's interesting because the ACL – injury is not what it once was you know and I think you would agree with me on this I think most people would for for some guys it's it's career ending or it's 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 career altering to the point where you you can't get past it but I think for most players now because the surgery is so commonplace and the rehab is so it's I mean it's they've moved so far forward that a guy gets an ACL the only concern is well when is he going to be back you know, I mean, that's kind of the big question. And, you know, I kind of think back to when Adrian Peterson tore his ACL and was back in like three days or something like that. So, you know, some ridiculous, what was it? He was back in, what, nine months? Is that what it was? Or, or something less than that? You're not going to see something like that. But I think guys recover from ACLs. And so when you see an ACL injury, I don't think it scares teams away like it used to. So I did. My target, my dream is C.J. Mosley. And until he's tagged, I'm going to bang the table for C.J. Mosley. And then my other one, the next target is strong safety. And for me, it's Adrian Amos. Because he has ties to Vic Fangio since he's played the last couple of seasons in in Chicago with the Bears. So I think it only makes sense that he follows Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, come on down. I'm fine with that too. I think that's great. I, you know, um, who, whoever they want is is kind of <laughs> it's sort of like you almost want to say, well, who does who does Vic Fangio want? Okay, we'll go get that guy. I think that's kind of where we're at because he is, um, he you know he's he's doing the grocery shopping at this point. I know John Elway is going to get. Uh, credit for a lot of things, and he's going to get blamed for a lot of things. But at this point, when it comes to especially the defense, um, it, it's it's whoever Vic Fangio thinks is going to fit what he's trying to do on defense, and uh, who Ed Donatel want. I mean, who do, who do you guys want? We're going we're going to make a run at him. And I think Amos is one of those guys that, of course, Vic Fangio would want him on his roster because he already had him. And what that does, and and I think this is important as well, is. You bring in a guy who already knows the system, and then he can be sort of an extension of the coach on the field that that you, you have to have. And I know that at safety, maybe that's not necessarily exactly the guy you want. I think middle linebacker is usually who you want to be the extension of the coach on the field. But if you're bringing a guy in 
from the Bears and and Adrian Amos would be just would be just fine with me. It would be a, a great pickup for the Broncos. That helps implement the system that Fangio wants on the defense anyway, and I think that's a smart move. Number three is Juwan James. In terms of safeties, if I go back real quick, if if they don't get Amos, another name to keep an eye on is Landon Collins. Yeah. But I would still want Amos first since he's played in Fangio's defense and he knows Fangio and Ed Donatel, as you said. And then James, who's currently with the Miami Dolphins, get him as the right tackle. And then another name to keep an eye on, and I, I mentioned this in our roundtable with Hart. I didn't list defensive end as a potential need or even a need for the Broncos. But keep an eye on the name Aaron Lynch. He was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers when Fangio was there. And he played in Chicago last year with Vic Fangio. So there's obviously a connection there. With Lynch being a free agent, he could follow Vic Fangio to Denver like Amos. Sure, why not? I say go for it. Uh, like you know, like I said, whoever Vic Fangio says should be on, you know, on the Denver Broncos roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I'm I'm all for that. Let's let's do that. Yes, sign me up. I agree. I I am a fan of that move. And and those are two good ones as far as uh for you know guys who played with him, uh, played for him with the Bears. Um, and then Aaron Lynch goes all the way back to the 49ers, so that's good as well. You know, I just I think at this point it's pretty clear that. When it comes to the defense, this is Vic Fangio's team, and he's going to be the one who puts everything together. There's a third bear free agent, and it's a cornerback, Bryce Callahan. And I mentioned this earlier in the show. Scotty did his potential target sure. for the Broncos on Callahan. The thing that he brings up, and I think it's very important, is that he and Chris Harris Jr., are incredibly similar cornerbacks with the with the style of play, the way they play. Do you want to take Chris Harris Jr. away from what he does best for Bryce Callahan? Because that's potentially what you'll be doing if you get Callahan. Hmm. No, I, I mean, I don't. I think, in my opinion, Chris Harris Jr. is the best at what he does in the NFL right now. Is that if that's if that makes sense? As cornerbacks go, he is the best corner in the slot in the NFL, and so to me, there's there's no need to go get somebody else to play in the slot. You have Chris Harris Jr. But what a you know is does Bryce Callahan translate you know to the outside? Can he can he do that, or is that just a wasted is that just a wasted signing at that point? Because if you've already got the best guy at that particular position, why do you need another guy who does the same thing? So I, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting look. I think it would be an interesting, you know, play, you know, guy to go and take a look at and possibly bring in. But you know, for for me, if if it means messing with what Chris Harris Jr. does, I, I don't think you mess with that. And I think that's where if Vic Fangio says, I can make it work. Well, you, you do it. Yeah, I mean, because so, no one, no one would know better than Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel whether or not it would work. So, as you said, if Vic Fangio says do it, do it. 
because he will know better than anyone whether or not he can make Callahan and Chris Harris Jr. work together. That's true. I, I will give you that. That's absolutely true. So uh, you might as well do that. Um, what about, are there any players that the team should move on from? I think that's pretty, I honestly think this is one we've been talking about for so long uh, when it comes to making cap space and, and getting things figured out. And they already started with the, you know, moving on from Brandon Marshall, which is was an obvious move for them, I think. Um, my guess is Darian Stewart's on his way out as well, which it's it's time. He's he's clearly played his last. And then I, I think um, I think Emmanuel Sanders, which you know we've talked about a little bit, he's pretty much said he's not going to restructure. And like I said before, if he's not going to restructure, bye bye. That's fine. You know anybody who is dead weight, anybody who isn't you know doesn't fit into what the Broncos need to do, hasta la bye bye. The the Emmanuel Sanders situation is almost identical to Aqib Talib. Right. That's true. It's almost, it's almost an identical contract because there's basically no dead money in releasing or trading Emmanuel Sanders, but there is a $10 million cap hit. It's either 10 or 11. Let's call it 10 and a half. Just we'll, we'll split the difference. So <laughs> – it's not just that it's he's coming off an Achilles injury and it looks like he's recovering swimmingly at this point, but you don't really know until they get back on the field and he's getting up in age. He's 31. So I think at this point, I, 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 I'm unsure of what Elway will eventually do. I I agree with Mike Cliss that it could go either way. Mm -hmm. He thinks that Elway will pick up the contract. I'm inclined to think that they won't because that saves over $10 million in cap space that you could throw at CJ Mosley. If he's not tagged by the Ravens. Exactly. (laughs) There's that. And then I think the other one that um, pops up a lot on the, on this is, is Bradley Roby. Um, I, I need a refresher on him. Is he a free agent? This year, yes. So he's he on is. he's he's on the market, and the Broncos could potentially try and re-sign him. But my feeling on that, and this is something that just keeps popping into my head, he's not a number one corner, but he's probably gonna get paid number one corner money by somebody else. So there's no reason for the Broncos to try and keep him because he's not he's gonna. He's going to be more money than he's worth. Is that, am I making sense there? Yeah. I, and that goes back to the whole idea of what does Vic Fangio want? If Vic Fangio wants Bradley Roby, bring back Bradley Roby. If Vic Fangio wants Callahan, bring in Callahan. Because Roby did have his fifth year option picked up last year. So they could have re-signed him at any point, and they didn't. And I think that's pretty telling that they're going to move on from Bradley Roby. I agree. And, you know, it's it's interesting that um, they would just plop that out there and expect it to perform. Um, you snuck that in there again. I did, but I kind of had to on this one because uh, we need to let this ad plop it out there and expect it to perform because, uh, I, look, I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about it, and so we gotta we got to get this in right now. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. That that ad was amazing, I'm sure. Whatever ad it is. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, any any trades? Let's go ahead and finish up this heart conversation, and then we'll we'll jump away from here. Is there are there any trades that you think the the Broncos should should try and make in this off season? I thought it was pretty funny that Scotty said that Patrick Peterson has turned into Joe Thomas for Broncos fans because he's absolutely right. Anytime you you bring up that question, who should the Broncos trade for? The first player is Patrick Peterson. But like it did with Joe Thomas, it makes sense. The Broncos need a cornerback. Patrick Peterson's one of the best in football. And you don't have to worry about him and Chris Harris Jr. clashing because they do similar things. They don't. That's true. They do, you put, they do you different put Chris Harris. You put Chris Harris Jr. on one side, you put Patrick Peterson on the other side, you're good to go. Will it happen? I doubt it. I don't think the Cardinals are going to trade Patrick Peterson, but it would be interesting. It would be fun. And I don't think it'll happen, but if you're going to release Emmanuel Sanders, you just traded for Joe Flacco. There's a better receiver currently in Pittsburgh who would look awfully, awfully good in this offense with Joe Flacco chucking it and praying it to him, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, not to dump water on that particular fire as well, but I just don't think, and I don't get me wrong, if John Elway made a trade for Antonio Brown and was able to bring him to Denver, and, and I think that would be phenomenal. I think that would be an incredible trade as long as it didn't cost too much, but I sort of feel like the Broncos aren't going to do anything in regards to trades. I think they traded for Joe Flacco. I don't think they're trading anything of value away at this point. Uh, I, I don't think that there's anything out there that they think is going to be worth giving up the draft capital. So I, I think Elway sort of says, you know what, uh, other than maybe the Antonio Brown situation where I could see bringing him in uh, and pairing him with, uh, you know, pairing pairing him, him with Joe Flacco, excuse me, uh, and then having, you know, Cortland Sutton on the other side, uh, that that to me with Deshaun Hamilton running in the slot perhaps and I mean there's so many things they could do right Tim Patrick is is another one who I think is a pretty solid receiver that would be amazing that would be incredible but and it, and it ties into the fact that this trade by John Elway shows that he thinks this team is still capable of winning and competing right now not just competing in the AFC West with the Chiefs but winning the AFC. And with what John Elway did in 2014 with the defense and making moves over the course of the entire time that he's been in Denver when he thinks he has a team that's capable of it, him trading for Antonio Brown should not be such a far-fetched idea because he's already shown that he thinks that he can win with Joe Flacco. Well, if you get Antonio Brown, you're saying – yeah, absolutely we can. 
Yeah, no, I think that's that's legitimate, and and I agree with you that um, a trade for Antonio Brown would be it would be it would be similar to and and I, I kind of remember it starts makes me sort of reminisce about when uh, the Broncos were trying to sign Peyton Manning and that whole. Uh, that whole process and that soap opera that went on. I mean, that was the reason I got on Twitter because I wanted to be kept up to date on what was going on. And I didn't want to have to wait for certain updates here and there. I wanted to just be able to scroll through my Twitter feed. So that's why I got on Twitter was so I could watch John Elway go after Peyton Manning. But I, I, I just, I think that that means you you're going one of two ways here. And I think that that's, what's going to happen. He's either going to go big and trade for Antonio Brown and give up a lot of draft capital, which might include this year's 10th, which, which could include a couple of, you know, which, which could include next year's second round, possibly next year's first round. I don't know. It depends on what Pittsburgh wants. There's no way Pittsburgh is getting more than a third round pick for Antonio Brown. That's it. You think just a third round pick? That's then, what, that's what national reporters have been throwing around for the last couple of days. I mean, at that point, don't you say, okay, we'll give you a third round pick or, Hey, we'll sweeten the deal. We'll give you a second round pick. Would you trade a second round pick for Antonio Brown? I don't know if I'd go that high. I would see if they take a fourth. <laughs> so you you want to start? So you have the same dra- uh, trade strategy as I do in fantasy football, where I you know I offer a guy, um, I'll give you my kicker for uh, Drew Brees, and then they they just re- reject my trade right away, and they're like, come on, get out of here with that. But I'm like, that's well, what, just a starting off point, you guys. You got to well, start the negotiation somewhere. You don't want to go, you don't want to, in terms of basic negotiation skills, you don't want to start it off too low. Like you don't want to be, you don't want to come in as Elway and you've heard, you've heard reports that they're not going to get more than a third round pick. Okay. So Elway doesn't come in and say, we'll give you a sixth. You don't go that low because they'll just hang up the phone, but you'll say, we'll throw in a fourth and we'll throw in a conditional pick in the 2020 draft. Fourth yeah. round pick this year, conditional pick 2020. Done. I mean, they're not they don't, but then that that at least leaves the negotiation for them to come back and say, "How about a third and a conditional?" Done. When do I get to say done? And then Antonio Brown is a Denver Bronco because now I want it to happen. The way you explained it, it was so easy. Now I just want him to be on the Broncos. Make it happen, Ian. Come on, put in a phone call. Well, there's obvious concerns about his attitude and yeah. and all that. But Who cares? I actually trust Vic Fangio. If it was it was if it was still Vance Joseph, Ugh. I absolutely would not want that in a million years. But now that Vic Fangio is there, totally bring him on. Because you now have somebody to control that locker room. I, I think and it's going to make point. your football team better. I think you've made a good point. I think you need to you need to do everything that you can to to make it happen. I don't know who you need to call. Uh, you know, let Mace know. You, Mace has some connections with the franchise. He could get in there and maybe maybe talk maybe to Steve. You. Maybe Steve might be might be the right way to go. Steve now I Steve's got I, some I, pull maybe. I don't think it. I, I still don't think it'll happen, but it can't be ruled out. Because I think Elway wants to win. I think you're right. Elway well, is a is a he he's an uber competitor, and I think a move for Antonio Brown to pair with Joe Flacco. I 
I, I don't and, know. In ter- and then in terms of you still you get Juwan James. Yeah. You potentially get C.J. Mosley if he's available. You sure. get Adrian Amos if he's available. All of those moves coupled with Vic Fangio and Rich Scangarello and Mike Munchak yeah. and Ed Donatel. Are the, are the Broncos slowly becoming the AFC NFC North? <laughs> That's sort of how it feels, right? The Broncos could slowly be transforming into a team from both the AFC and NFC North. It, it's a distinct possibility. It wouldn't be a terrible thing, I suppose, if you're taking the best from each of the teams, right? Little little all-star teams from the AFC and NFC North. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, whatever. Well, how about this idea? All right. I'm all I'm an so, idea guy. They get CJ Mosley. <laughs> you're dreaming, but okay. And in the draft, someone trades up and so the Giants take Dwayne Haskins. A team moves up and they they take Drew Locke. Devin White is sitting there at 10. You pair C.J. Mosley with Devin White in Vic Fangio's defense? Oh, my God. That's a linebacking core that this organization hasn't seen since the 70s. Yeah, uh, that actually would be terrifying. Could you imagine you've got Chubb and Miller on the outside – and then White and Mosley in the middle. It, and then really Amos is, in the middle. That really is. That's an Orange Crush defense. That is a throwback to the 70s Orange Crush defense that would be terrifying for other teams to have to play against. That's and how then you offensively, win. And then offensively, you have the pit bull. You have Royce Freeman. You have Janovich. The legend. You have Flacco. You have Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. Say it. Add Antonio Brown to that. That's an offense that's going to be able to to move the ball and test and go deep and utilize Philip Lindsay and all of his strengths. And the defense is not going to be able to stack the box to stop Philip Lindsay because you have Joe Flacco potentially chucking, chucking and praying. praying to Antonio Brown, who is the best receiver in football, period, full stop. And Cortland Sutton on the other side, who is, as we've said, really good at 50-50 balls. It's kind of his thing, actually. It's like I would say that's his thing. What, like, what do you do? Uh, I'm really good at 50-50 balls. That's his thing. The whole point of this is that it's actually exciting. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I don't know if you you could tell, but my excitement sort of built. I was sort of water on the fire, and now I, you know, I, I, apparently it was more like gasoline. Because now I'm all fired up. This is exciting stuff. It's It, it, it will be really fun to see what Elway does come March 13th at the start of the league year and what pieces he decides to add to the ones he's already put in place yeah and and you know to be honest march 13th isn't far off so things are going to heat up very quickly you've been listening to mile high report radio get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com and as always go broncos